Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. Have you ever thought, gosh, I'd love to start my own radio or podcast, but I have no idea how to do it? Or are you a seasoned veteran who wants to level up and improve all aspects of your show? Well, I will be working with a select few to help you either start or polish your show. These are a few topics I will teach you. How to create your brand and how to be specific with your niche and your audience. The types of equipment you should use to help you improve the quality of your audio and your video. I'll teach you how to get your show aired on most podcasting platforms, as well as give you an option to create a video podcast. I'll teach you which recording platforms are best for your needs, as well as teach you the importance of having a show clock. The do's and don'ts of writing your own show notes that will help increase the reach of your audience and generate traffic to your website. I'll also introduce you to some of my contacts and previous guests. I'll also be offering a select few the opportunity to broadcast your show on my platform and have access to my three and a half million listeners. So if you're ready to start or level up your show, then visit www.jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash work with James and sign up today. It's time, my friend, for you to stand out and share your message with the world. Once again, visit www.jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash work with James to get started today. My guest today is Jonah Larkin, who is a performance coach, group facilitator, and habit expert. He helps men double their productivity without burning out while having more time off. Besides working with startup founders and senior executives, Jonah teaches interpersonal dynamics at the Stanford Graduate School of Business and runs mastermind groups for men. In today's episode, he and I talk about ways for you to accomplish all your goals by mastering your habits. Welcome to Lifeology. Thanks, James. It's a real pleasure to be here. I am looking forward to this. I, that was a lot of me, a lot of things for me to read. It doesn't even describe all the things you do. But before we get started, how did you become this expert? I do that in quotations because I'm sure like me, we all have to, yeah. <laughs> we're no different than anybody else, but we all practice it. How did you become this quote expert in, in teaching men how, and pe- teaching people in general how to improve their habits? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a bit of a long story. I'll try to do it as, as quickly as possible. Basically, I've been a lifelong entrepreneur. Um, and uh, after I sold my company, I uh, just completely burned out myself. Mm-hmm. Like my health just took a huge dive. I had horrible insomnia. And this was after I sold my company and I was basically sitting around with nothing yeah. to do. Um, yeah. Yet I was uh, dealing with the post effects of this. Uh, the result was that I actually ended up becoming an acupuncturist for uh, almost a decade. Yeah. Yeah. I was in, I was traveling around the world. I was in China. I got inspired and I became an acupuncturist and just went a totally different direction. And what that led me to was just working with people. You know, I had so many patients coming in day to day, day after day. And, um, what I realized that I couldn't fix anybody. 
Mm -hmm. but they could fix themselves through the way they were behaving. And so I started focusing on habits and I started focusing on the things that really bring you alive, the things that make you feel good. Mm -hmm. You know, these are the things that you know it when you experience it. You have that great conversation with uh, your partner or uh, for me, it's surfing. Um, You know, for other people, it's dancing or listening to music, whatever it is, there's something that every single person have that brings them alive. And I found that the Mm -hmm. more that I could point people towards those things, the better Mm -hmm. off they did. And that really started my exploration into daily habits. I really, I really like that because, you know, the more, like you said, the more you can bring someone to find that joy or that, that bliss or whatever, whatever it is that they do. When you teach them to do more of that, then I'm sure then that, that really reinforces the habit. So obviously we know the habit of if you say something to somebody and you get to an argument, well, you've reinforced this over and over again that sometimes we want to be in arguments, but we don't realize we want to be in arguments. Or if you're doing something that you really enjoy, you want to do more of it. I know for me, in between seeing patients uh, back in DC, uh, in between my clients, I would love to read a book because for me to read, to reset my mind, that was always a habit I created. So it was my way of just giving back to myself to say, okay, I just had a really intense client here. Let me read something. It was my way to reset, to reframe, to refresh myself, read a silly science fiction book, get glossed in the moment. And then all of a sudden I was able to put it down and to reset. So I think everyone who can have like a smattering of something that they really enjoy and intersperse that into their life, you know, regardless of how crazy life can be, when you have these healthier, more ways to give back to yourself, you find that your life really goes in the direction you want it to go, regardless of, like I said, the chaos that happens around us. 100%. I mean... Everyone I work with, myself included, feels the stress of time, right? We're yes. all trying to get so much stuff done. Yeah. The to-do list doesn't get smaller. It just gets bigger. And the reason why I love your habit of like reading some sci-fi or something like that is that actually for, that, for those few moments, you're stepping into the timeless. You're actually mm-hmm. stepping out of time. And... That, I think, is what so many of us are looking for. We're not looking necessarily to like pack more stuff in. We're looking to experience that sense of timelessness. Mm. And that, like I said, that timelessness happens when you do something that you really enjoy, that you're connected with in the moment. And the more that you can get connected in that moment, the better your life is going to be. You know, it's like if I can get really centered and just like, feel what it's like to be here in this moment with you talking to you james then the next interaction i have is going to be so much better and that's Mm. why habits are such a wonderful way of doing that because those habits that can reinforce like you said that that moment where we really uh, get in touch with the present you know that's ultimately i think one of the real focuses that life is about yeah Beautifully said. I, you know, you think of, uh, at, at the time of this recording, it is in January, 2021, excuse me, 2022. And this is the time when many people have the new year's resolutions. And so my concept of resolutions is this should be a, a daily thing. It doesn't have to be reset in a year. When people try these new habits, you know, we, we, we have, Oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. Can you walk me through the difference between our desire for to have a healthier habit versus our inability to maintain that habit? And then we revert back to that, which we didn't want to actually do in the first place. Yeah, good question. Uh, so most people, what happens is, is that, um, like you said, they're like, 
I'm going to lose 15 pounds. Let's just take that as an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're actually uh, jumping way too far ahead. So the first thing that you have to understand is that your results, your current results in your life reflect your real values. Mm-hmm. So you may say, I want to be healthier. I want to have more money. I want to have a better relationship. But you're 15 pounds overweight. You know, you got $25,000 in credit card debt and you haven't uh, been intimate with your spouse in six months, right? You may Mm -hmm. say that those are your values, but your values actually are your results. So if you want to find out what your values are, look at your results first. Now, look, a lot of people will look at at their results and they'll get scared and they don't Mm -hmm. want to acknowledge what those results are because it's scary. Yeah. To be like, oh my God, I actually am prioritizing, um, you know, the numbingness of eating, of eating or sugar or alcohol or whatever mm-hmm. it is over my own personal health. It's hard to actually acknowledge that. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to acknowledge that intimacy is scary because it's risky. Yeah, yeah and so. Yeah, it is vulnerable. And so we have to get back to just the fact that, okay, these are my actual values. My values Mm -hmm. right now are numbing myself. My values are uh, escaping my pain. Mm -hmm. Uh, My values are not wanting to have to make hard decisions around money. Start there, okay? Get real honest. And you may Mm -hmm. have to do this with a friend, a therapist, a coach, somebody who you can trust and be vulnerable with. And then, then you can decide what you actually want, right? So let's just take, um, let's just take being in debt as an example. Um, I, I was in, I made a lot of money. I lost a lot of money. And then Mm -hmm. I got into a really bad uh, debt situation. I, I owed 25 or $30,000 in credit card debt. And, um, I met with a, a money coach and and the first thing he did was just have me get real honest about what was happening. A hundred percent honest. Yeah. And that was hard. But I'm as sure. soon as I did that, I was able to actually set some goals around it. And so the first goal is like, hey, I want to be out of debt. Okay, great. Um, that's not going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to lose 15 pounds in a month. Um And so the thing is, is like, how, what's the next smallest step that I can take to help me start to get out of debt? Can I start paying down a hundred dollars a month or a hundred dollars a week? Can I start just very small? Because like you said, like you referred to, when you start doing things that feel good, it creates momentum. And so it's really important to tie your long-term goals into a daily habit, no matter how small. And the biggest mistake that people make is they bite off way more than they can chew. They're like, I'm going to lose 15 pounds. And then they make this big commitment, but they haven't actually gone back and recognized that they numb themselves with food and all this other stuff. And so when they get to like actually, you know, going out and exercising every day and eating a reasonable diet, they sabotage themselves and then they beat themselves up and that ends in failure. And we don't want that. No. Wow. I, I really appreciate how you, how the approach that you take with this, because oftentimes we look at 
behavioral modification is basically more just how do I add more to my schedule? So often we think, okay, well, I want to, you know, if I want to go to the gym or I want to do this, well, how can I fit that in? And so if you couldn't fit it in before, didn't choose to fit it in before, well, how are you going to fit it in now? Because you haven't made room for it. But I like how you go even a more in-depth version of that is why do you want to do that? Or what got you to where you, to, to the place where you want to make some changes? And so when you really think about the mentality of what brought you, what's the foundational core of who you are, like you said, your ethics or the ethos of that, that then allows you to say, gosh, I can't really hide behind that. So it's not about losing the 15 pounds. It's about making those, like you said, those micro changes of why, what I, why I have been doing what I'm doing. And so with that awareness, then, you know, it's, it can be hard. And so, you know, even as you're talking, I was like, oh man, I'm sure a lot of my listeners, including myself and my viewers are like, okay, this has gotten really real, <laughs> really real. Of, you know, if it's whatever that the, the, uh, the goal is, you know, when we really stop and reflect on that, that's, that could be a really hard truth. And, um, I mean, I appreciate your compassion in saying all that because in that, you know, you went through that as well, but when we truly understand the foundational reason for why we got to where we are and, you know, that's, that's doable. It's actionable. It gives us a starting place. It gives us a baseline of saying that this is, this is how I got here. But I, but I do like how you also integrate that on a daily basis. You know, one of my favorite quotes is the last person in the race beats the person on the couch. And so if you do something over just a little bit more than the day before, that starts to change and pretty soon, like you said, that habit then changes and you become that person who wins that race as opposed to the person that's, that doesn't even get off the couch. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, you know, so much of the time, you know, like I said, we try to bite off more than we can chew and, uh, we decide that we want to be somebody who we aren't actually ready to be yet. And we have to prepare mm -hmm. ourselves. We actually have to step into really being a learner. So, so much of the time, it's like we want, we want success. We want this like high level of achievement. We want, you know, the perfect body. We want the great business. And that's all good. You should want that. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, you have to prepare yourself. And the best way that I've found to do that is to step into the identity of being a learner. So instead of mm. like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a horrible person, I don't know how to manage money, or, you know, I'm like the next Jeff Bezos, step into the identity of like, okay, I'm a learner. I'm learning how to eat better. I'm mm. learning how to lose weight. I'm learning how to be better with money. You know, I'm learning how to be wealthy. It doesn't mm, matter what yeah, it is. But if, sure. if you can step into the identity of just being a learner, then it takes off the pressure. And there's so much pressure nowadays. I mean, we have our, you know, our, our economic capitalist system, which has us like having to achieve and, and mm -hmm. you know, create nest eggs for ourselves because it's scary to be economically insecure. Um, we have social media, which creates these ideas of who we're supposed to be. Mm, I know. And if we can give ourselves more space and grace, then we can start to step into uh, habit creation and say, so let's say, let's say that you have a goal to, uh, to decrease your anxiety, right? Anxiety mm -hmm. affects millions and millions of people. And maybe you decide, you know what? I would like to start a meditation habit. Well, the biggest mistake you can do is say, I'm going to meditate for an hour a day. Like <laughs> you will fail. You will fail. And, and it's ambitious. <laughs> what is, yeah, it's extremely ambitious. And look, 
I'm ambitious. You're ambitious. I know your listeners are ambitious, but the best thing to do is to like under index on ambition. And so let's just take the meditation example. The best thing to do is to say, all right, I'm going to commit 100% to meditating for three breaths every single day. Three breaths. And if I sit down and I meditate for three breaths, that's a win. Yeah. If I meditate for 10 minutes or 15 or 20 minutes, that's even better. But I'm going to commit to meditating for three breaths every day. Because if you do that small habit every single day, that will get into your un unconscious mm -hmm. mind and you'll start to do it automatically. And that is what the key is, is to take, I mean, a habit by definition is not a conscious thing. You know how to drive, you know how to parallel park. You don't have to think about it. You can drive, have a conversation, drink coffee, whatever. And so we have to program our brain to do these things without us thinking about it. And that's start by doing the smallest possible thing we can. And so whether it's running a marathon or doing meditation or becoming better with money, take the tiniest possible behavior that you can do in less than a minute and focus on that first and build off of that. I love it. It's very practical and very, very doable. And, and so in developmental psychology, we teach that on average, it takes 63 to 66 times to do a habit over and over again before it starts to become um, crystallized in your psyche. You also talk about five steps that you need to have to master any habit. What are those five steps? Yeah. So the first thing you have to do is decide what it is that you are going to be doing. And you have to break okay. it down into like a smart goal, essentially. So I want to I want to lose 15 pounds. Okay, cool. So what does that actually mean? Yeah. Right? It means that you want to break that goal and down into a process goal. So what that means is I want to lose 15 pounds. Well, that means that uh, I'm going to get up and go for a walk with my best friend every day. That's what it means. I'm going to go for a five-mile walk mm -hmm. every day with my best friend. Okay, cool. And um, then you need to uh, get you need to chunk it down into something that you know you can do no matter what. Yes. Okay. So I gave the, uh, I gave the, uh, the three seconds of meditation. This, this one might be, I'm going to put on my workout gear and walk outside. That's it. That's yeah. your win. That's yeah, your, exactly. that's your habit. Yeah. Okay. Step three, you want to stack your habit on something else you're already doing. So after I drink my coffee, I'm going to put on my workout clothes and walk outside. For me, I wake up in the morning, I brush my teeth, I drink my water, and then I meditate. So my internal dialogue is after I drink my water, I meditate. So you want to stack it. That's three. Mm -hmm. Number four, celebrate. Extremely important. Yeah. You actually want to get yourself into a position like this arms up position of like, I just won the, the gold medal in the hundred yeah. meter dash. <laughs> you, you actually want to do that. So you walk outside, you put on your workout gear, you walk outside, you did your habit. You want to like celebrate that because what that will do is that will kick in dopamine and serotonin and other positive neurotransmitters. And it will start to program your subconscious mind. And here's, and here's the corollary to celebrate. 
You actually want to celebrate when you don't do your habit as well. Interesting. And so let's say, and here's why. So usually what happens when we say we're going to do a habit and then we don't do it, we beat ourselves up. Oh my Mm -hmm. God, I should have done that. I can't believe I did that. I'll do it tomorrow. And then you wake up tomorrow and and you're like, you know, I didn't do it yesterday. What's one more day? And then you kind of, you lose your habit. But if you realize, oh my God, I didn't do my habit, but then you celebrate, yes, I realized I didn't do my habit. What you're doing is you're programming your brain to recognize this habit and you're not creating Mm. a negative experience around it. You're actually creating a positive experience, which is what you want. Okay. Mm -hmm. So celebrate no matter what. And lastly, step five, do it with a buddy or in community. You are 95% more likely to accomplish a habit if you do it with someone else or you do it within a community. So it's like, oh, hey, you want to meditate? Have an accountability buddy. You want to, you want to lose weight? Join a, uh, you know, a, a, a workout team, a boot camp, a running team, whatever it is. If you yeah. do it with other people, you will do it. I mean, I uh, recently uh, started doing Tai Chi and Qigong again. You know, I, I did it years ago. And now I'm back every morning at 9 a.m. on Zoom with my teacher and a bunch of other people. And I wouldn't be doing it if the community wasn't yeah, there. Of course. So yeah. you want to decide what you're doing. You want to chunk that thing down. You want to stack it on top of a previous behavior. You want to celebrate it and you want to do it with a buddy. Those are the five steps. And, um, and I'll give you a link to, uh, to uh, a uh, landing page on my website where you can download a, uh, a, a habit cheat sheet and all that that lays this stuff out. Awesome. I, I, like that. I really like the celebration, but I've actually never heard that before. I mean, I get it. So you, you, you're creating a conditioned response. Um, and so when the behavior happens, you create the response. There's therefore the action of doing this, of, of celebrating. Yeah, I can see how that would then change the neurotransmitters. But then, but, but I thought was also interesting, interesting was when you don't do it, still celebrate because you're, you're interrupting the, the part of you that says, you know, the, the shame or the guilt or whatever it is. And you've already realigned it with the first part of the connection. Yeah, this is great. So to do that, then change once again, the neurotransmitters makes perfect sense to me. Um, yeah, I, I see that. I see that. I appreciate that. Cause like I said, I've never heard that before. I always, when in psychology, when we teach this as well as if people say, I want to do, you know, I want to feel more joy in my life. Well, how do you quantify that? So I think it's also important to really quantify or measure what joy is. So if joy means I want to laugh more, take, take an abstract concept and turn it into how do how does you know that you have more joy? So when you can me- measure it, then that's how you can say, well, that's how we need to practice it more. Because if I if I listen to more jokes, I'm going to laugh more, which brings me more, you know, have more joy. Or if I'm going to talk to someone that I know that I laugh all the time, or we have great communication, that means I need to do more of that because I will know that I'm experiencing more joy by talking to that person. So it's learning how to take an abstract concept and move it into a place of I know that I will experience this abstract feeling or experience by tangible steps or tangible um, techniques, because then therefore these will then automatically create that. Yeah, I think that breaking those things down into process goals makes a ton of sense. And I, I love the idea of of measuring joy. I actually never thought of that. So how would you, I'm, I'm curious, how do you like when you, when so you are working with someone and they say that, mm-hmm. like, how do you do it? 
when you talk about joy itself, you really define what does joy mean? So if it's a state of being, so then you create a parameter. So mm-hmm. state of joy means I, regardless of what happens, I can show up where it doesn't affect me. So we do like scales of one to 10. So joy, it can be ranged between, let's say, um, four and six. That's, that's how I measure joy. So when life happens, I can measure the level of joy, my response rate based on the scales that make sense for me. So some people can use colors. Some people can use numbers. Some people can do different ways. So they can say, yes, in this moment, when I journal, when I record my goal each day, yes, in this moment, this is where I felt it. And so when you can say, I want to stay within this range, say what I experience a five, five times a week. So therefore, if I go above five times a week, I'm really experiencing joy. But if those numbers are then maybe only experience it three times a week, well, then I need to change some of my techniques or some of my steps. So therefore I can't achieve that, achieve that goal of, of feeling more joy. I love that, man. Can I steal that? Of course you can. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but it's cool because not everybody understands, not, not everybody understands how to use numbers because people just think differently, but people can use like a color wheel or color, um, color tones. Yeah. And they say, yeah, these more than, so you just figure out what makes sense for you. If you're a visual person, if you're a numbers person, whatever it is. So you have to take, you know, whatever the abstract concept is and you turn it into something to say, this is how I can measure it based off of this, these types of scales. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, when we're talking about, uh, achieving big goals and aligning our daily habits in order to achieve those big goals that you have to break those things down into mm-hmm. process goals. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, for me. A, a, a big part of my business before I started to get, uh, you know, kind of just word of mouth referrals was actually just getting on the phone and talking to people. And I actually had to say, all right, you know, I'm going to talk to 10 people this week, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And that was my process yeah. goal. Yeah. Right. Um, and whatever, whatever it is, like you can control a process goal. You can't control an outcome goal. I can't yeah, control yeah. how much money I'm going to make, but I can control the for the behaviors that lead to that. Mm-hmm. So whether it's health, wealth, relationships, mm-hmm. well-being, whatever it is, it's all about those process goals, like you said, that you can measure and quantify. I really like how you, you do differentiate between the outcome goal because you can't, like you said, you can't. There's so many things that happen in the world, um, too many external ma- variables. But yeah, you can't control what you do. So with that in mind, unfortunately, Jonah Lucker, we, Jonah Lucker, we have, we can spend all day talking. You and I are <laughs> we having great conversations. If uh, my listeners want to find out more information about you, to work with you, to find all the things you do, because you do so much, where would they find all this information online? Yeah, the best place is my website, jonalarkin.com. And like I said, I set up a a page where you can download some of the resources that we talked about today. uh, And that's at jonalarkin.com slash lifeology. Uh, People can also connect with me on uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, or Instagram. And it's just jonalarkin, J-O-N-A-H-L-A-R-K-I-N. And uh, please reach out. I love to talk to people. Wonderful. Well, my listeners also know that if they cannot find this information any other place, simply go to the show notes at jamesmillerlifeology.com and I will link you with Jonah Larkin. Thank you so much for being a wonderful guest on the show today. Thanks, James. It was really great to talk to you. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, 
visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.